Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Faith Plus Thanksgiving Equals Powerful Peace. Faith plus thanksgiving equals powerful peace, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And obviously, what kind of sparked my thought on this was Thanksgiving itself. Don't you just love Thanksgiving Day? And, and, and all the, the food, you know, what do we think about the food? Is it the big thing, you know, um, being thankful, but eating the food, thankful for the food. What's your favorite? I, there's so many, and who has, I always do this with the kids. What's your favorite food? Eggnog. <laughs> That's Christmas, Christmas. I know, I'd start in September drinking eggnog. I know that, but that's really Christmas, yeah. At our house, we already have everything up and going and early. But anyway, I heard mashed potatoes. I heard pumpkin pie. pie. Stuffing. Stuffing. Football. Football. You eat footballs? That's leather. All right, so, all right, so it's, it's great, isn't it? But I was thinking about this. It's a good thing that Thanksgiving Day is not every day. Because that wouldn't be good for us, right? That would not be good for us at all. Feasting would become gluttony. But, but spiritually, we're supposed to experience Thanksgiving Day every day spiritually. Not physically, but spiritually. You can't get too much of Thanksgiving Day according to God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for all the kids out getting ready for their Christmas play. And Lord, we just pray that your spirit would speak to us through your word now. This is a really vital message, a vital truth, something I pray that each one of us could experience every day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. We're going to jump around some other places too, but we'll start here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we all want peace, right? Who doesn't want peace? We all want peace. But God's peace is supernatural. They're talking about a supernatural peace. See what it says? It transcends all understanding. Only a Christian can understand this peace, this supernatural peace. Only a Christian. And there's no way you can explain it to someone who's not a Christian. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> you can't explain it. All we can do is live it out and let people see it in our life. That's all we can do. But the key to getting this peace here is it says to pray with thanksgiving in what? In everything. In everything. Praying with thanksgiving. I saw a devotional uh, this week. Someone had sent it to me. And it was talking about the church in Texas, how they, the ones where they had 26 people killed, murdered. And, they, and the, the devotion was talking about how yet it was called filling up. The devotion was called filling up. And it said even though they had experienced that, the church was still, and that town was still celebrating Thanksgiving. And, you see, and they're, they're saying, how could that be? But then they connected the dots to the first Thanksgiving. The very first Thanksgiving, uh, you know, Plymouth, the story of Plymouth and the pilgrims. And the, the person who wrote this was saying that the first Thanksgiving followed something even worse. Out of, out of the pilgrims that came over on the Mayflower, after one year, 
half of them were dead. Half of them. And yet, how do they celebrate Thanksgiving? What did they do? They called the very first Thanksgiving on American soil. They, they, they celebrated the very first one. And you say, how could they celebrate, these pilgrims, how could they celebrate Thanksgiving after so much pain and loss, after going through all that? Everybody was touched. Every family was touched. The same way that we can celebrate Thanksgiving. The same way in everything. Look at in everything. We can still celebrate Thanksgiving spiritually, but it comes down to two things. It comes down to focus and faith. It comes down to our focus and faith. The focus is it's vital to have a biblical focus, to have a, a God-centered focus. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the key to to celebrating Thanksgiving. It's filled filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Hits the same idea. Paul hits it here again. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Now get this. Always giving Thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Ouch. This is getting harder and harder, huh? How is this possible? I mean, why, why, does, why would God tell us to do this in everything? It's easy when things are going well, right? <laughs> Thank you, God. But when things aren't going humanly well, how do we do this? Why is it important? Why does God call us to do it? First of all, a couple of reasons. One is it reminds us how blessed we really are. You know how it goes. We're praying and, God, I'm really worried about getting that new car. Because, you know, we need a new car. Right? We're worried about getting a car. But, by the way, thanks for the house and the food and the clothes. And you see where I'm going, Right? And after a while, I guess God, God, I guess I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be anxious because I'm blessed and I know God's going to take care of me, right? Also, not only because of, it helps remind us how blessed we are, but also we can give thanks because we know there's a purpose for what we're going through. For ev- in everything and always and, and, and you know, giving thanks at all times. We, we know there's a purpose for what we're going through. Remember James 1, 2 to 4 when we, we covered that a while ago? We were in the book of James. And I talked about what's my PJ? Anybody remember PJ? What's my personal joy? What's my PJ? And, and uh, if you weren't here back then, you can scroll back on the, 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 the sermons or the YouTube and, and catch up with that. It was a couple months ago that we revisited it. Well, we talked about James 1, 2 to 4 where it says... Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Anything. And we talked about it. It's pure joy and why God lets us go through, go through these struggles and the trials because he, he's... he's accomplishing something good in our life. Pure joy. Trials of many kinds. 
pure joy. This is not usually what you think of with, with a trial, right? But yet that's what James stressed there through the Holy Spirit. Is, is It's for our good. God's accomplishing. And that's why it's very important that we look for the good in a trial. Because it, it all comes down to the focus. Remember I said focus and faith. Our focus. What, what good thing is God trying to accomplish through the trial that I'm facing? Whatever it is. It all comes down to that focus. It reminds me of a, a story... I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I like this story. Uh, there's two boys. It's almost a farm story. There's two boys, and uh, the, they both had severe... They were on two ends of the spectrum. The one boy was really pessimistic. He saw the worst in everything, and, and just whatever it was, he's just so negative. And the other son, the father had these two sons, the other son was so optimistic. He just saw good in everything. And the dad was like, it's Christmas time. I'm going to teach them a lesson here. I've got to try to figure out a way to balance them a little bit, you know, and help the pessimistic son see things a little better and the optimistic one have a better view of life because he just sees it too, through rose-colored glasses. So at Christmas, there was two boxes. The boys came down, two big boxes there, and he said, okay, <clears throat> he told the negative son, you can open yours first. He opens it up, and there was a pony, a pony in the box. And he was, and, and the dad was just waiting for him to make. Oh, thank you, Dad. I like this. For the once in his life, get something positive. But, but the kid goes, oh, and he was all upset. He goes, what are you upset about? He goes, now I got a pony. I'm going to have to feed it, and I'm going to have to clean up after it, and I'm going to have to ride it, and I'm going to, you know. And he was all, you know, negative about this pony. And the dad's like, I can't believe it. That was a wasted gift. And so the other son, he goes, okay, son, open yours up. And in the other one, he put in the other box just pony manure, a bunch of horse manure in the, in the box, just full. And, and, he op- and he opens it up, and he goes, oh boy! He jumps right into the manure, and he says, flying it out and pushing it out and digging through it. And, and, and he was all excited, and the dad goes, oh, I can't believe this didn't work. He goes, what are you excited about? He goes, dad, with all this horse manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> what was the difference? The focus. The focus, and that's for that's us. If if we can see, think, what is God in all this mess I'm in? God must have a positive reason. We have to focus and be looking to see what God is is doing in our life. That that's the whole focus. Another reason we can give thanks is we know that God will come through for us. Romans eight twenty eight. We've done this a lot lately, right? Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We may not know what, we may not know what will happen, but we know that it will be for our good. Romans 8, 28, it's like, it's like God, he works it all together for good. It's like we have this mess, whether we created it or whether someone else created it for us, whatever. It's like a puzzle. You ever, you know, you ever get a, a big puzzle and you take it and you, you pour it out on the table and there's all these pieces everywhere? I hate puzzles. But anyway, my kids like them. I, 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 I don't need any more stress in my, for my brain, right? So, but, but God takes that puzzle mess that is our life so often, and he puts them all together and he makes this beautiful picture, this awesome picture. That's what God does. We might not know what. We might not know the what. What will happen? We may not know the why, why we have to go through this, but we do know the who. 
We know the who. God, we know God loves us. He's there for us. And he's ultimately in control. Which brings us to the last focus here. The final reason that we pray with thanks. Because we know what God has done for us already through Jesus Christ. He's saved us. Right? We're already saved from the worst possible thing we could imagine. We're saved from the power of sin and the effect of sin. We're, power, we're saved from slavery to Satan. We're saved from judgment and hell. We're saved from all these things through Jesus Christ. What he did for us. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The moment we say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I turn away from that sin. I put my faith in Jesus. I believe in him. I put my faith in him. I give my life to him. The moment we do that, we are saved from the worst possible imaginable thing we could ever face. We're set free. We experience biblical salvation. And that's why we can thank God every time we pray. No matter what's going on in our life, we can still have gratitude. We can still thank him because no matter what we're going through, he's already done the ultimate thing for us and in and, and the perspective this isn't it God's power is not limited to, to earth and, and whatever happens on earth is the end that's not it this is just a stepping stone this is just getting us ready for eternity in heaven this is, whatever is going on here is going to be made right in heaven someday and we have to keep that perspective but it all comes down to faith our salvation is by faith. We put our faith in Jesus. And, and, and the same thing goes for, with always giving thanks. How do we give thanks in everything, for everything, always? How do we do that? What does it really come down to? It's an act of faith. It really is, isn't it? It's an act of faith for me to say, God, thank you. Thank you for what I'm going through. Thank you for what you're doing in and through me for what I'm going through. That's an act of faith. It's faith that God has the power to take anything, turn anything bad in my life and turn it into a positive. It's faith, that, that's, that's what this faith, and, and there's a power in this faith. That's why I put the title for today, Faith Plus Thanksgiving equals power and peace. It takes us to a whole nother place. When we, when we can, by an act of faith, thank God in everything, when we can do that, it takes us to a whole nother place, a whole nother spiritual plane. In fact, I was reading a, a Thanksgiving blog this week by Joshua Rogers, and he says in, the, in his blog, he says, in the book Upward Spiral, neuroscience researcher Alex Cor Korb examines research that shows how gratitude in particular boosts, uh, I don't even know how to say, dopamine and serotonin. I hope I said those right. Anyway, in the brain, in the same way that antidepressants do. Corp concludes that gratitude is one of the most critical things you can do to increase the degree of happiness you experience. And if you know your Bible, that ought to sound familiar. <laughs> Scientifically, it's proven that gratitude 
does the same thing that an antidepressant do, does, only probably a lot better. And uh, it, 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 it's what it does. It, 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 it's powerful. Faith plus thanksgiving equals powerful peace. It takes us to a whole different place. We see this in the book of Acts. It's all over the Bible, but, but especially this one story in the book of Acts, Acts 16, 23 to 27, which is when Paul and Silas, remember they're being beaten and thrown into prison, and I'll pick it up with verse 23. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I'll bet they were. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. Is that a picture of what we're saying? St. Paul who wrote, you know, Philippians and, and Ephesians, uh, he lived it. You think you have it bad? You think you have it bad? And yet, look at what Paul is doing. Look what he's doing. Look what they just went through. Severely beaten, chained up, dark dungeon. And notice what the rest of the prisoners are doing. Listening, watching, are these guys crazy? Or how are they handling it this way? And, and the results, look at the results. Freedom. The results are, are freedom. Freedom. Were Paul and Silas set free? No. They already were free. They were already free. Paul and Silas didn't need to be set free. They were already free. They didn't matter whether they were in chains or not. These guys were free. But the, other, the rest of the prisoners also saw the way to freedom. All the prison doors flew open. They saw the way to freedom. But they, saw, they saw their spiritual power and they saw the way to freedom. And even the guy who was oppressing them, the jailer was impacted. It says the jailer woke up, but the rest of the story, he not just woke up physically, he woke up spiritually. He became a Christian, his entire household. All because of how they handled their trial. How about us? How are we impacting those who are watching us. Are they able to see God's peace and power in our life? Can they see the difference that faith in Jesus Christ makes to us? You see, they can see we're in the same physical place they are. We are we, we, they can see what trials we're going through. They, they, they can see the same, they, the pain, the struggles that we're having. They can see, they can connect the dots. I'm do, in the same place they are with something. But can they see that we're in a different place spiritually? That we have peace. Just like Paul and Silas there. That we have peace. Are they being drawn to faith in Jesus Christ by our lives? That's the key purpose for why we're going through what we're going through. It's not just to do something in us, but it's to show Christ through us. It's to draw people to Christ. Are we living out the power of the gospel? Are we experiencing are we, are we keeping our focus and our faith 
through what we're going through? Or are we getting mad? What often happens when we go through these trials? We get mad at God. Nobody here, but you might know someone like that. I hear it all the time. I mean, just this week, several people said to me how they went through a hard thing. One experienced a loss of some, a loved one, and the other one was experienced a severe sickness. And they both said, I'm, I was mad at God for a long time. I'm just kind of getting over that. So, it's only natural to start out there, right? It's only natural to start out with some anger and questions and stuff. But the key is don't stay there too long. How long is too long? How long is too long? Well, let me ask you this. How long do you want to live without peace and power? So as long as you want to live without peace and power, stay mad at God. But, and, and here's the danger. If we wait too long, we stay mad too long, we go into a spiritual nosedive. You know planes when they nosedive? And what happens when the plane nosedives for too long? You can't pull it out. There's no more pulling out of that nosedive. And I see it. Boy, we all see it, don't we? I've been in the nosedive myself many times. But I've seen people in that nosedive too long. They waited too long and they never pulled out. And if we don't pull out, we, we crash spiritually. And, and we've all seen it and it's heartbreaking. You know what happened in our family, in our life, you know, with my son, when his nosedive. I, I remember a guy who was a Division I basketball player and uh, he got injured and he lost his scholarship. And, be, and after that, he got really mad at God, and he started turning to drugs and turning to a lot of other crazy things. And I remember trying to talk to him, trying to help him out of it. And, and as we talked, the whole reason he was in this place, even though he wanted to get rid of the consequences, he couldn't come out of the nose side because he was mad at God. How could God take away his scholarship? Well, obviously, that scholarship was way too important to him, wasn't it? It was an idol, and that's why God took it away, and that's exposed it, you know? God was exposing something. I... I I remember another, when I was a youth pastor years ago, a long time ago now, I was a youth pastor and uh, this, this one young man was dating a Christian girl in the youth group and they looked like the perfect couple, but she broke up with him. She liked someone else, she broke up with him. This kid was a solid Christian senior, going to go to college. He got so mad at God. He went into a nosedive. And I remember pleading with him, it's okay, you know, God's got a different plan. No, he's just so mad that God would take this girl away from him. He went into a nosedive, he left the faith for a long time, he ended up marrying a non-Christian girl, blah, blah, blah. You know, but he finally kind of came up, but, but he, all those years he spent crashing because he was mad at God. We all get mad at God, don't we? Work through it. How long, how long do we want to live without that, that peace and power in our life? And the key is focus. The key is our focus. If we focus on the pain and the trial, we're going to sink into despair. We're going to wallow in self-pity. If that's what we focus on, despair and, 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 and self-pity. But if we focus on God's love, if we focus on the many blessings, we'll, if we focus on that, we're going to be able to live by faith. If we, if we, we start to look for hopeful signs in our faith. God, what are you trying to do? 
in this, in and through me. We start to look for hopeful signs of, of the ways he's working for our good in the midst of pain. We don't focus on the pain, but we focus on what he's trying to do in our life in the midst of that pain. And whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever the pain is, it, we start to look for that. And that's the key. That's the key. That focus and the faith. Every day. Every day I'm sad. Kim is sad. Really sad. Every day. And I know a lot of you are too. And we need to be sad. That's part of grieving, right? We need, to be, we need to go through sadness. We need to grieve. Very, very important. But the key is to grieve without the nosedive. And, and every day I'm, I wake up sad, but then I, I have to shift my focus to, it's like changing the channel on the TV, right? I have to change the focus to, how is God working in and through this pain? And, and I start to look for the positives and focus on the positives while I'm grieving. And one obvious one is baby Laurel. She's been a huge blessing in so many ways. I was just thinking about this for this sermon. I was like, she keeps me young. I was getting old. <laughs> Other people my age look a lot older to me now. <laughs> There's about five people. That... <laughs> and I don't have to join a gym. All these people go over to the gym after Thanksgiving. I don't need to go to the gym. I got my little gym running around the house. Trying to save the Christmas tree and the Christmas bulbs and the lights and everything else. And I don't have any trouble falling asleep at night. A lot of people have to take pills for that. I, I, you know, I got a little pill running around, you know. But that's the key as we, we, we shift to what is God trying to do, thanking him for the positives, and shift to what is he trying to do in our life? What is he trying to accomplish? And, and it comes down to faith and thanksgiving equals God's power and peace. I was trying to think of a way. This morning I woke up, got hit with how I could help you remember this. I was trying to think of a way uh, to help you remember faith and thanksgiving equals peace. And I came up with an acronym FAT. Faith and thanksgiving, fat and peace. Remember, you know, those were 60s and 70s. Remember, remember this, you know? And so, uh, the, the, just want you to remember, all you have to do is say fat. You know, fat with a peace sign. So if any of you are whining this week and whining a little too much, I can't break through, I might just turn to you and say fat, you know? <laughs> you can do it to me too, unless you're my kids. I don't need any more abuse from my kids. But anyway, yeah. But is, just, isn't that the truth? Faith and thanksgiving equals God's peace. Do you have that peace? If you're here today and have you put your faith in Jesus Christ, do you have that power and peace that we can only have by giving our life to Jesus Christ? Do you have that? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray.
Maybe here today and you don't have that peace and power because you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've never surrendered your life to God, but today can be that day. Today can be your ultimate Thanksgiving day. Right where you're sitting, right where you are, at this very moment, you can put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's a simple prayer of faith. God, please forgive me. I repent of the sin, anything wrong that I've done in my life, anything that goes against your words, I repent of it. Please forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. I believe he died on that cross for me. I believe he rose from the dead for me. I put my faith in him. I give my life to you, God. I'm going to follow you. Forgiveness, faith, and following. And if you've prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has happened. You have been set free. God's Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And something that could only be shown to you can now be experienced by you now. You can experience God's power and his peace in your life as you grow close to him. Through his word and through prayer, you can grow close to him and experience amazing power and peace. I want to encourage you to let somebody know you've put your faith in Jesus so that we can encourage you and help you in your new life. In Christ, tell somebody, tell me, fill out the card in the bulletin, send me an email, text, let somebody know. Because we'll be excited for you and help you. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe we've been in a spiritual nosedive. Maybe we've been mad at God, disappointed in him. Maybe our focus has been on the pain instead of on what God's trying to do through the pain. Father, I pray that each of us today, through faith and thanksgiving, would experience your powerful peace in our life. No matter what we're facing, 
And I pray that that would touch many people as they see the love of Christ flowing through us. We pray that in Jesus' name.